Salutations to all the nations. Welcome to a suave experience with your boy, Darius D. Hopefully all is well with you. Hopefully you are doing fine. It is a long weekend. It is family day. So I'm hoping that you are spending time with your loved ones. If you are unable to, I feel sorry, but your boy, Darius D got love for you so if you didn't have a special someone on your valentine's day i have love for you if you don't have family near i still have love for you as well right we're all in this together as so eloquent troy has said in high school musical so today's actually gonna follow that i know it's gonna be little bit weird for some of you guys but we're gonna take on more of a serious tone when it comes to this episode and the reason why i'm making this one is because i had a conversation with some of my friends from my church we're just talking about the holly weird industry how it works and we're just talking about a lot of the childhood stars that we grew up with and that we looked up to as a child and to see a lot of the trauma a lot of the toxic um relationships that they have been a part of because of that atmosphere in hollywood right and a lot of these childhood stars deal with a lot of trauma behind the scenes that we're not aware of so i'm just gonna talk about this in this episode today and i'm gonna bring up a few things and i'm not gonna go super in depth with it i know other creators who have and i'm gonna relay you over to their videos to watch it because of the fact that i think they would do a better job than me because i don't really want to dig too deep into it for my own mental health and yeah, because it can get pretty um, disturbing. So that's why I would say go check out their contact. I will mention them throughout the episode on some of the exposés that they've done. And I'm going to talk about different um, uh, people who have spoken out against this in- industry. And I'm not going to say that. It happens to everyone because it doesn't. Some people have better experiences than others, but we should be able to talk about the bad, the good, the ugly, and the beautiful in all forms of life because at the end of the day, (laughs) we're humans, we're flawed, and that's why I believe we need Christ. And it's not even, at this point, it's not even an option to me. You need him. But we're going to get into that. So hopefully you guys are ready for this. And before we get into it, make sure you please leave a review, a good review on Apple iTunes, as well as you subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you so choose to use, as well as make sure you share this podcast on whatever social media platform you so choose to use. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions, please feel free to hit me up. Underscore DD the Suave Kid 15 on the podcast page. I haven't been active because I had some issues logging in on Instagram, but I figured it out now. So we're going to start posting 
clips and snippets. And if you have any questions or if, if you want to talk, chop it up with your boy. I'm here for you. All right. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. Like everything in life, there has been a beginning. All right. So when it comes to the whole idea, the concept of this so-called thing we call child acting, we have to go all the way back to the Shakespearean era. Why should we go back that far, Darius? Well, first of all, we got to understand performing arts and being the connoisseur of that, (laughs) I guess you could say that, but I'm more on a trivial basis. I wouldn't say that I have the same extent of knowledge as my peers who have been in performing arts institutions or studied it at a younger age than myself. But I've always been intrigued by performance arts, mainly because I think using your talents to detach your individuality and then become another character has been, or I see it as a great talent and I see it as something that a lot of people can do, but not everybody can do it well. So one thing that I learned throughout my uh, academia career thus far, my academic career so far, um, one thing that I have found that was pretty interesting is when we studied Shakespeare. The reason why I say this is for this point only. In that point in time in Europe, especially in the UK, women were really allowed to be in prominent roles. It was more of a male-dominated profession in that Shakespearean era. And it's not that he didn't like women, it's just the culture. that That's what it was at the point. So even though he had, for his playwrights, he had a lot of women roles, they were not played by women, they were played by young boys, okay? So, because of the sexist nature in that time period where women were considered less or secondary citizens, or not that they were secondary, but they were not considered or weren't allowed to participate in uh, high positions in that culture, right? They were allowed to participate in other things, but not something of that nature in the performing arts. So going back to what I was saying about them, so the actors that they were called at that time were thespians, T-H-E, not the L-E, all right? So thespians, which were Shakespearean actors or actors in that time period uh, doing performing arts, right? I think the term was first coined in that era, but I'm going to double check and fact check because you know I have to speak the facts. Hold on. Yeah, so I have to spit the facts for you guys. You know, you guys know that. Um Yeah, but continue on, but I think if I'm not mistaken, 
the thespians. So if I so it's basically it's specific. So in the dictionary, what I found is that it's pertaining to a tragedy or dramatic art in general. So if you're acting in that type of setting. So a lot of your favorite actors have been in theater. So for example, Denzel Washington, which everybody and their mama, especially their mamas, loved a lot. So he was one as well as Lawrence Fishburne. And even the late James Avery was one as well because they had the Shakespearean background and they were into theater before getting into the Hollywood form of acting. And I find it interesting when it comes to studying how they prepared these roles back in that time period. Like I said, most of the women's roles were young boys because they didn't allow women to act and the boys had more feminine characteristics meaning that their voices were higher so they would be able to sing if they were singing in in any of their stuff but at that time i don't think there was that many uh, musicals but they their voice were higher so it was easier for them to play women's roles so this is where it kind of starts in my opinion of getting younger people to perform you fast forward like way forward to like the 20th 19th century right either or and you have the idea of hollywood now okay now back in that time period hollywood was not considered what it is today now hollywood is so well obviously it's perverse but Hollywood has become more intrusive in the sense that you're more into it or it's more or less in your household than it has ever been before. Before, in the early 20th century, Hollywood was a distance. It was kind of a mystic approach, kind of like how you would see a circus show. Not saying that it was a circus show, but it wasn't as intruded in your life as it is now. Nowadays, you have reality TV. You have um, a lot of these people who have all these social media followings, and you're seeing it more and you're more invested into it than people did in prior years, right? So it's less, it's lost its mystique because now it's just almost every day it's a part of your life more often than you think it actually is. So fast forwarding to that time period, to the early 20th century, what you will find and what I found to be quite interesting is that there was a lot of more child actors. So what I found which was interesting is one of the first ones or or the beginning of this was um Shirley Temple. And a lot of people who may not know her, she was more into I wanna say like 
stage performances as well as a lot of TV shows. I think it was in the 50s or the 40s, right? When the TV or people were able to see it in theaters and the TV came on a little bit later, but you would see child actresses and actors and she was one of the biggest ones at the time. So after her, you started to see and her success because she was selling like a hotcake, so to speak, to use their lingo. If you fast forward and then you start seeing the influx of a lot more child actors and child celebrities. Because before it was just mainly you would see child actors, but you would never see child stars, right? So that's what I'm focusing on is child stars because I don't think children acting is a bad thing, but we're focusing on child stars in this episode. And seeing that the fact that these guys have such a high profile or such a high stature in society at such a young age can that be detrimental to a person's psyche? Can it be detrimental to somebody's uh, well-being? These are the things, these are the questions that I personally have because I know for myself that even the adults who have stardom for a long period of time, a lot of them, especially because now, ever since the 80s when they started introducing like tabloids and all these rumors and stuff and they kind of did it before in the 70s but after that i would say that you guys will definitely see the difference in how these celebrities were marketed and i'm speaking about the adults now you can see how that they were viewed by the public like in the 40s and the 50s, compare them to the 80s, you know a little bit more about their lives. Before, it was just strange because you would only see them on screen. You wouldn't really know about um, Dorothy uh, or Harry Belafonte's life. I'm using some black people. Um, Or you wouldn't really know about what's going on behind the scenes and then in the 80s and the 70s and the 90s now you you gotta know who's there who are they with and when they're going and rumors about so and so and what they've done you see how more invested in their lives we've become and technically they're still strangers to you but there's a weird sense of you feel as though you know them when you do not and i don't have the phrase or the sentiment to express that particular thing but it is a real thing and a lot of us we do think about it because when especially nowadays because now you're seeing them online like every day if you follow them that's why i don't follow celebrities for a reason because i don't want to be discontent and number two I don't need to know about their lives. I just watch <laughs> you perform. That's all I care about. I don't really care about your personal life like that because I don't know you. But I think I do because you're always on my screen. And it's like a f- pseudo relationship in a sense where you you know much about them, but you don't know them on a personal level because they don't know you exist. So it's a weird phenomenon in my opinion. 
when it comes to this whole concept of Hollywood and the whole concept of you admiring and at times idolizing these people, which I would highly recommend you don't have an idol of them because they're human and they will let you down. That's why the Bible says not to trust anyone, but you're supposed to put your trust in God. But when it comes to this whole childhood celebrity, childhood star idea, I think in my generation, that's when it exploded. And a lot of people say, nah, bruv, we already had the stars. And I know a lot of people who listen to me are Gen Xers. So you guys grew up with uh, Jaleel White from Family Matters. You had your, uh, who's another one? The Olsen twins when they were young. But when I grew up, the Olsen twins were like already in their, uh, I think they were in their early 20s, right? I was too young for Tia and Tamara, but I grew up with their youngest brother, TJ. So I grew up watching them. So those are the people who I watched. I still knew Tia and Tamara, but at that time they were already finished the show and they were doing like movies with Disney and doing Twitches and all that stuff. But to see how these people live, they're larger than life. And one thing that it taught us as children is that, yo, this is possible too, right? Like you can, you're around the same age as uh, Selena or you're the same age as the um Sprouse twins. So maybe you could do that as well. And a lot of times you dream and you wish you could live the life that they live. It's, the grass is greener effect. And a lot of times with humans, we like to wish especially if it appears to be better or it looks like it's better. We wish that we had that lifestyle. We wish we could live like um, Zac Efron for a day. But we don't know what's going on in these people's lives and what they have to do or have to deal with in their lives. And it's crazy to see it now come full circle because at a young age, when you start seeing these um, actresses and actors starting to wild out, so to speak, and then how the media bashes them or mocks them, you start, and then you see the truth come out about the situation. You start to realize, man, these guys have been through a lot of traumatic situations. And would I ever want to go through what they went through? And if they are the ones who made it. Imagine how the people who put in the same amount of work as them and got taken advantage of and who didn't have anything to show for it because they didn't comply as long. Or they just didn't make it because they weren't as marketable as the ones who have made it. Right? So, in my opinion, I think it's really interesting to see I think it's really interesting to see how these people are able to come through it. So one thing I noticed, and it's in my notes, one thing that I noticed is that a lot of these, the hardest stars, 
and the most popular stars, they have a tendency of falling, having a fall from grace, as this is what the media says. This is not what I'm saying. And one video or a person who covers this well, especially when it comes to um, Nickelodeon and their secretive behaviors at times in during my era is Nor Jasmine, N-O-O-R-J-A-S-M-I-N-E. And I'll put it in the description or in the notes so that you guys can go check her out. She does an amazing job exposing what went on in that time period. And it's going to make you feel a type of way if you have empathy for people because of the fact that you grew up watching that. But I would say that it's not your fault. All right, because at the end of the day, you're a child. You didn't know what was going on behind the scenes because they're not going to show you. That's why it's called behind the scenes. But um, after that, I'm just glad that I was content with what I had growing up. And the, like I said, this is not the case for every single person. Okay, this is not the case for every single person. It's not. Okay, but. It is a recurring theme. And what I notice is is a lot of women go through it more than the guys that I've seen. Or maybe it's because the guys just internalize it. I'm not a licensed psychologist, so I can't make that claim. But one thing that we can do is we can deduce from using deductive reasoning and see for a fact, hey, these guys that always end up wilding out, a lot of it is women. All right. And then there are some guys who do. But they go, they're all going through a lot of things. So because I was a child, just like everybody once was, I wanted to be a part of those things. Right. The same way as a lot of these young guys coming up or younger guys, because I'm still young, but the young, younger kids growing up, they're looking up to the YouTubers, the TikTokers, they're looking up to the IG models and Instagram uh, influencers and all these different people who have an ambiance or have not really an ambiance, they have a intriguing personality or they have something about them that it factor that makes these children want to consume their content. And I think it's interesting because a lot of it is accessible now and it's easier to be in the limelight now than it has ever before because of the fact of the internet and that you can be somebody from, I don't know, Cleveland, Ohio, or like your boys from Ajax, Ontario. And you can, you can create contact out of your room and then you can have success from that without going to all these, um, major corporations in order to have that same success, right? But growing up, I wanted to be like Keenan from Keenan and Kel, or you wanted to be as cool as Drake from Drake and Josh, and then to take it over to um, Disney, you wanted to be like the Massey bros. I know Chris was mainly on Nick, and Kyle was on uh, Disney, and then Orlando Brown was one of the guys that I looked up to a lot right? Because he was, he was a cool guy. He was in on 
all of my favorite shows. For example, Fillmore he was on Proud Family. He was on That's So Raven. He was doing movies as well. So you looked up to these guys. And you see, like, man, like, yo, that's so cool. They get to film and record and do all these different things. And they get, they're getting a lot of money. The girls talk about them all the time in school, especially um, Corbin Blue and what's his boy's name again? I named him before. Dude who played Troy. I just named, oh, Zach Afron, yeah. So him. So all the girls want him. So you're like, yo, I want girls to want me too. So you want to act or be like them or be in the same position in the limelight like they are but is it worth it right is it worth the fame and that's one thing that i started to question as far as when i started to do more research about these things about these child um celebrities because these are celebrities man and think about it you were probably at your most vulnerable point for the most part when you were a child, you're slowly becoming your individual self. You're slowly beginning to become or know the difference between um your socialized self and your uh, unsocialized self, which is basically the me and the I. And this is a theory by G. G. H. Mead, all right? Which basically means is that when you're in front of people, you put on a front. And when you're behind closed door, which is your backstage, and you're by yourself, You that's your true self. But going forward on with this, like, you're developing as a person. So you're literally growing up. Instead of growing up in front of your family, who you know, you're growing up in front of the world. And the reason why I say that in my era, which is basically the 2000s and the late 90s, the reason why I'm saying that is probably the most, like, at its height is because it actually was because one thing that you have to understand when it comes to business, when it comes to all these major corporations, when it comes to understanding culture and how it operates is not just because of the people, but it's because of the time period it's become of technology. It's become because of the market is because of all these different facets, which is basically what Brudeau calls, not Pierre Brudeau. Yeah, Pierre Brudeau, who's a sociology sociologist, talks about the fields. And then there's another one with, I think it's Peter Anderson. No, N.N. Peterson, which is basically talks about the different facets of how culture it becomes culture, right? And then he talks about that in there. And he named six of them. I named a few of them already. So tech is one of them. The market is another one of them. Like organizational uh, occupations is another one. So like how it's organized. Uh, another one is, um, I forgot one that was important. But there's a, I'll bring it up. But there's so many of them. Like, there's six of them. Uh, hold on, y'all. Yeah, but, yeah, it's the production of culture perspective. perspective. And... Uh, 
it's interesting how he broke it down. And we have to understand that these guys have been doing research for years. So it's quite interesting. But this is basically the six facets. So it's of production. So you have to worry about technology, law, and regulation, industry structure, organization structure, occupational careers, and market. So with those six facets that we just discussed, we know there's laws and regulations of what a company can and cannot do, what these people have set up in order to protect their business and protect um, their clientele. Obviously, the occupational careers, who's working there. So the producers, the execs, the CEOs, the COOs, um, the playwrights, the actors and actresses. And you have to deal with the market, who's the audience, who's interested into that, um, which is basically kids. And then you have to look at the uh, you have to look at the industry structure structure. So what's the entertainment business like and how can we use that model within this type of niche or this type of culture, which is basically pop culture at the time? Because a lot of y'all don't even know about J Star magazine and all these different things that we had. So you know how I mentioned earlier about how there was a lot of tabloids coming out in the 80s and then you started to know more about people's lives than you actually needed to know, right? So Hollywood was more intrusive in your life and you were more intrusive in the lives of these actors and actresses more than ever before. Same thing was happening to us as children. We started to know like, yo, is Nick dating Nick Jonas? Is he dating Miley Cyrus? What, why do I need to know that when I'm 10, 15 years old, 10 years old? But we knew this because of these different kids' magazines that was marketed towards us as well. So you're learning about, oh, is um Demi Lovato having a feud with Selena Gomez on these in these magazines about children? So imagine what that does to a child's mind when all these kids and some adults who talk about it as well are invested in your life and you don't know them and they're talking about you. And I think at my, it's my generation, what clicked is the internet because the internet has been around for, I think, since the late 90s. However... When MySpace and all these different blogs started to come out, now you have to worry about people talking about you in the press, on TV, and online. And this was all coming up in the same time, right? So, like, the media was already established as far as, um, as far as we know the media to be established as, right? So, the traditional media and the regular press. However, what I'm saying is, is the difference is now you have magazines targeted towards children. So the children already know about you. Who's buying it? Because kids don't have no money unless if you were growing up nowadays and they are resellers and whatnot. So your parents, the parents know about you and they're going to make their assumptions. Then you have the traditional press uh, as far as TV, 
goes. So now you have MTV talking about you because MTV does. You have like late night hosts talking about you as well because at that time they were because that's how popular these kids were. Don't get it twisted. And then also you have SNL making fun of you. You have, I think, yeah, you also, if you are really successful, like an Amanda Bynes level or the Jonas Brothers level or Shia LaBeouf level, then you're going to have like the regular news talk about you if you make a mistake. So imagine all that pressure on you growing up. You don't even know your true self yet because you're starting to grow up. But now you have a microscope on your life. Like if you even burp wrong, people know or hear about it from all over the world. So can you afford to make a mistake? And I'll discuss that later on in this podcast. The differences between Disney stars and the Nickelodeon stars because how their networks were organized was completely different and their content was completely different as well. So I'll talk about that in the second half of this episode. So don't go anywhere. All right, yo, we are definitely in the house. Your boy Didi is definitely in the house. So we're talking about child stars and why should someone do it or why shouldn't someone do it? And one thing that bothers me about these situations is because of the parents. And it's not the parents' fault because, okay, hear, hear me out. Okay, so what I'm saying is is that a lot of times these guys, what you notice is a lot, most of them are not coming from money. So am I saying the parents are intentionally exploiting them? In certain cases, there are cases where that does happen. And it really sucks, especially if the child doesn't make it. But in other cases, it's not. Brenda Song, who I uh, is one of my favorite actresses growing up, she is all over the Disney network. And she said that childhood acting or child acting it's like a double-edged sword. Like it gets you to where you want to go if you genuinely love acting, but it also can harm you. Now she didn't explain or further explain what she meant by that sentiment, but I'm pretty sure we can put two two together because isn't there's pros and cons to this so-called acting as a child, and it's difficult. But the thing is, is the parents need to be there at all costs and have to understand how their child is or what their child is doing and how the structure of the business is. I think that's important because I believe as a parent, it's your duty to protect your child at all costs, no matter what. Don't leave any room for their child to have harm. One of my favorite um preachers that I've listened to, he said, uh, his name is G. Craig, and he said that um, a lot of times we have dysfunction as a child, right? And we're growing up, and something can happen to us, and it's almost like baking a cake, for example. It's not like cooking, because when cooking, yo, you can mess up, and I love cooking. You can mess up, but you can add something, and you can fix it. But when it comes to baking, 
once you put it in the oven and it begins to bake or it's mixed in, you can't get it out. You just have to start all over again. And a lot of that happens in our lives. And a lot of people have dealt with traumatic experiences in their life as a child. And that's why you see them act in certain ways. So that's why I say be careful how you judge people. And like the Bible says, judge, but judge righteously, all right? Or don't, it really says don't judge unless if you're willing to be judged that same measure. So it's not saying that you can never judge. It just judge correctly. I hate when people throw that out of context. But I think it's up to the parents to protect their children at all costs, right? I really do think so. And it's something that I find to be interesting because you don't really hear from the parents as much when the child goes on a tirade or gets in trouble. You don't really hear from them. You usually hear from the agent, maybe because they don't have training, like media training and all that stuff. But you would want if you genuinely love your child or you have a sense of empathy towards your child it's gonna be hard to reprimand them and discipline them and here's another thing is also twofold because kev on stage talks about it with his about his kids when they were into acting like i said i'm not against children acting okay it's a job but like i said children stardom and celebrity it can get really messy but he said that on the people who are working in the for the production company or yeah for the production he was saying that a lot of them were treating their his kids like better like and this is what i'm saying or this is what i mean by that so he's saying that their his children when they were in on the set and stuff and um they they would send the interns and send all the people who work for the company to like go above and beyond whatever the kid wants the kid gets and he was kind of hesitant towards that because he said he didn't want his children to be ungrateful he didn't want them to be brats as well and like he would sometimes push the people away and saying like hey like they don't really need that or trying to bring a sense of realism and all that happens with these kids as well because not everything's i'm not saying that everything's been handed to them because they work for it but when you get grown folks like at your beck and call a lot of it does get to your head and then at a point that you made it can your parents really tell you anything if you are making more money than them so that becomes a situation because now who's going to guide you? No one can guide me. How are you going to guide me when I'm paying your bills, fam? That's what they're thinking in their head for some of them. And that's why I, com- like, I really commend um, Kev for looking into that because he was also... And it helps because Kev already knows the business anyways. So he knows what it could lead to. Because he's worked with people who weren't the best that have grown up grown up in the industry as well. 
and he didn't want his kids to become that way or he didn't want his kids to be harmed by that at a young age. So I respect him 110% for what he did and what he protected his children from because he knew better. And like I said, when I said that um a lot of the parents, I don't blame them is because most of them don't really know what's going on. They just know that there's an opportunity for their kid to be successful. So it doesn't have to be like there's some cases where they have negative intent because they just want to make money off their child and they don't care about them. But there's also the good in them, whereas like they just want the best for them, but they don't fully understand. That's why I say just like Malcolm X says, like you never should join any organization or any belief system unless you first understand what it is. And then you genuinely want to be a part of it. But it's interesting to see like a lot of these parents and a lot of them later on, they regret letting their children be a part of this. So we're going to go into it a little bit more. So I made a quick list of some of the people that you've seen have these outbreaks before. So Orlando Brown was one of them. But he's doing a little bit better now. He's became a Christian and like he's not really doing too much as far as um acting goes. But there's other ones that you've seen. My home, like girl, the growing up Raven Simone. All right. And you can see how they affected me because I'm calling them homies and I don't even know them. Just think about that. Uh Miley Cyrus as well. She had um her incidents throughout time. Uh, Amanda Bynes was probably like the worst one I've seen other than Brittany. Uh, Lindsay Lohan, Lohan was pretty bad as well. Jamie Lynn wasn't that bad, but she just got pregnant as a, at a young age. And there's speculations saying that is Dan Schneider. You guys don't know who Dan Schneider is. Um, okay, he's one of the exec producers and creators on disney he's been around since the 90s he i don't think he was he a showrunner i think he was either a showrunner for keenan and kel and he wrote for them a lot but he created like the greatest like he has the honestly i think he has the best record in children production Ever because he created the Schneiderverse, which is like the top five Nickelodeon. Because he was also in Good Burger, I think he actually wrote for that as well. Classic, but he was probably that's no, not probably he is the greatest Nickelodeon producer of all time. He gave you Drake and Josh, gave you the Amanda Bynes show or the Amanda show. He gave you Zoe 101. He gave you iCarly. He gave you Victorious. And I think I stopped at Victorious because, like, nobody cares about Henry Danger in my age group. Not to say that it was a bad show. I watched a few episodes, but, like, at that time, I was, like, 15, 16. So, I was, like, it was a tough sell. And it was more tame in comparison to what he wrote in when I was younger. The reason why I brought his name up is because there's a lot of allegations about him 
talking about sexual misconduct and all that stuff and his boys at Disney. But if you guys want to learn more about that, go to the Nor Jasmine video because she explains it a lot better than me. Um, yeah, but he created so much stuff. So much so to the point it was actually ridiculous. I couldn't, because here's the thing. When it comes to Nickelodeon, a lot of their stuff is more edgy. So most people, especially what I find is with guys, they enjoy Nickelodeon more than they ever did Disney because it was balanced. And girls could still enjoy Disney, I mean Nickelodeon as well, because it's to kids, right? But what I found is most of the shows had crude humor or adult humor. That's why it still has rewatch value or replay value today. Because it's literally the jokes that they, <laughs> you won't get it as, as a kid. So they have jokes that can get to the kids level so that they watch it and then they like it. But then they also have humor for the parents or adults as well. So you can watch it again because you already attached it because of nostalgia. Um, that's why I think he's a genius. Because you can already watch it now as an adult because you have nostalgia purposes or nostalgia attached to it. And as well as the fact that it's still funny and it's still well written today in today's standards. Um, I don't think it could come out today. All right. I don't think it could come down because we're living in a sensitive time. Um, yeah, but he's a genius in that aspect only. And I don't have too much more to say about him because I'm still waiting to hear all the other stuff. So I'm not going to add any uh, fuel to the fire. So I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, there's Jamie Lynn Spears and there's Demi Lovato, who's dealt with a lot. And one thing that is, oh, and also I mentioned Bella Thorne as well. So, and she's from Shake It Up, if you guys don't know who that, what, where she's from. But one thing that is interesting with all of these people is that they all started at a fairly young age. So with Raven, she started off at the age of three or four on the Cosby show. Miley was fairly young. Most of these girls are starting at like six, seven years old. Amanda Bynes was really young when she was on all that, which is basically a kid's version of SNL. Jamie Lynn was on all that as well. But the thing with Jamie, at least she left at a time in her life where she was young, but it was a huge upset because I think it was the last season of Zoe 101 when the news broke out. So a lot of people thought that the show ended when um, the show ended because of the fact that she got pregnant. But apparently she said that she was wrapping it up, the story up before she got pregnant. Because a lot of the people don't understand is when it comes to these, the organizing, organizational structure of these shows, they do it and they cap it off. Because they don't, they, they get syndicated, but they cap it off at like 96 episodes 
if you're popular. So like a hundred episodes, you're getting like max four seasons. Nothing goes over four or four. There's only few that have done that. And I think the Wizards of Waverly League place has five because that's how popular it was. That's so Raven and this is Disney. And the same thing applies to uh, Drake and Josh and like all the Nickelodeon guys. But they usually try to get you into three seasons if you're good. If you're not that good, you're getting like two. If you're really good, you're getting four. That's so Raven was the most popular one. So that's what's the first one to actually get four seasons. And then I believe Wizards of Waverly Place got five. So it succeeded Raven because it was that popular at the time. So they were like, yo, we'll write you another season. Because what they wanted to do is they do it in phases of people's lives. So basically, they'll start off. This all started off with the early 2000s with like Shia LaBeouf. And he's another example as well. who dealt with a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Um, They'll start you off, for example, and he'll say, they'll say, okay, you are, say you're, I want to say 10 in 2003. So they're going to give you three seasons of Even Stevens, right? By the time that's finished, you're already tired of them, right? So you're going to want something new. They're going to bring in another show around the halfway through that um, show. And that would have been like, that's a ribbon. So 2003. So at the end of their season, at the beginning of Ravens, you're like, you speak interest. So they do it in phases of people's life because you're not going to be interested in children's content your whole entire um, youth. So they're just doing it based off a small window or small demographic and then move on to the next thing because they don't want to overstay the welcome because once that age um, cohort cohort sorry goes through they're gonna go on to the next one right so for me i'll use myself as an example so for me i was born in 98 um i was i want to say i was five in 03 i was five in 03 so i wasn't watching even Stevens right away. So it would have been rewind for me. Same with Phil the Future. So I started around That's a Raven. So when that took off and it was booming, I was getting older. The next one came in, it would have been Sweet like Sweet Life, Hannah Montana, and Wizards. So then that took me to another one, another phase in my life. And then they were fading out. Then in comes the next one, which would have been uh Sunny with a chance. It would have been there's another one. Oh, good luck, Charlie. And then it would have been uh, Austin and Ali and all the, these other ones. And it, from that, they go on forward and forward until like I think I stopped really watching that type of stuff. I want to say when I was when I was twelve, I got more interested into more mature um, subject matter. And but I was still watching Disney. I stopped watching Disney and Nickelodeon around 2015, and then I just watched my old shows. But that's kind of their mentality when it comes to producing these sort of contents for children. They're trying to make as much money, which is makes sense because it's a business, but 
at what cost because all these wonderful actresses and actors like they're dealing with so much more now or what you find in like different cases like Zach Efron and I think Shia LaBeouf he had his breakdown but he's doing better now but he's been around for so long and if you look at Miley you look at Zach you look at the Joe Bros the Joe Bros didn't really have that much controversy they their situation is different in the sense that they it's hurt their career because they want to do more mature things and this is the problem that happens with a lot of them is and Brenda song touched on it as well is that they want to do more mature things because remember these kids are like 12 years old for most of them are in high school and then they have to play younger characters and a lot if the longer you stay on it say because i think brenda song started at 15 she left when she was 23 or so around my age so she's playing a younger character you kind of get pigeonholed in a sense and people don't want to take you seriously same with the joe bros they were making music on hollywood records because disney gave them a shot but now they want to do talk about more mature things or sing about more like mature things or change the sound they can't do that because it's gonna mess around with disney's reputation as well and that's what's one in one of their contracts so you have to kind of fight to get out the contract in order to do things because you're now attached to their brand so even though i'm older now and i know all these people are older now doesn't matter because as soon as you look at the disney catalog of the like the younger generation is going to look at the disney catalog i forgot what generation it would be it'd be my cousins like yeah my little cousins generation they're going to look at the disney catalog and they're going to pop up so when they do search up for that they, disney doesn't want their parents coming at them so that's how confusing it gets because now you're not just responsible for what you've done for disney when you were younger now it follows you your whole career and now you have to be responsible for the, the generation that you're not even entertaining you're entertain you entertain gen z which is me gen z and the millennials now you have to worry about the generation after us i think it's generation alpha or something like that so it's crazy for them to do that because now you're still dealing with the skeletons of your past right and when it comes to all these stars that i mentioned you notice that they do a lot of them do extreme roles or these weird things like really vulgar and crude things to try to separate themselves from the brand or get into like roles that are very explicit or raw or they have breakdowns like bella thorne had one i think a few years ago she was dealing with a lot of stuff miley went crazy like in 2013 2014 it's not like she went crazy i'm just using it as like hyperbolic language language but she was distance herself so much there's very few people who can do it and it and you forget it ever happened and that's why i said that the nickelodeon stars have and it 
advantage. The reason why they have an advantage is because of the fact that they don't, their programming was more crass. Okay. So they don't have, they had less restriction on behaviors. If you just look at some of the Disney shows compared to the Nickelodeon shows, there was, I'm not saying Disney didn't have adult humor. It did, but it wasn't as much. Okay. There were certain words that they never used in Disney that they used in Nickelodeon. Even when it came to kissing scenes, kissing scenes in Nickelodeon were more raunchy and like full out makeout scenes. And then in Disney, it was more like a three second, four second kiss. It was pretty clean. And I find that with the Nickelodeon stars, they can easily get into regular Hollywood or more mature roles easier than the Disney ones because of the image that Nickelodeon has, which is it's still kid friendly, but it's more edgy. So that's why you have like Ariana. She just did it pretty easily. It was not that bad. Keenan and Kel. Same thing. Uh, Amanda Bynes, the same thing, but she also dealt with a lot. So that's why you see the ramifications with her. And there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes, especially with among actors, among actors. So I know that um, Alexa Nichols, who's one of my favorite actresses growing up as well, Nicole, she played Nicole on Zoe 101, and she dealt with a lot of stuff, and nobody did anything. Like, she was getting bullied on the set, like, every day, so much so than, like, Britney Spears, like, Jamie Lynn's older sister, came in on the set and said she would ruin her career just because Jamie didn't like her. So there's a lot of stuff that happens and on these sets in this environment that you don't hear from, right? It's been hidden and then now you're seeing it come out. Like the Bible says, like you can only hide darkness for so long. Eventually it's going to reap its head, right? It's going to rear its head out and you're going to see what it is. You can only hide darkness for so long. And a lot of these people deal with harassment, harassment, whether it be from the adults, whether it be from co-stars, whether it be sexual or non-sexual. There's so many things that these kids, these celebrities, what they do, what they have to deal with. I know Disney had a lot of pressure on their children or their, their stars to be perfect almost. And we know that humans are not perfect, especially being perfect at a young age when you are prone to make mistakes and these kids have to be put in the limelight as role models and that's why i agree with uh charles barkley saying that you i'm not a role model my role your role model should be people that you actually know that's what i'm saying and these kids like first of all let's not talk about their work schedule at that age they were doing more work than i did growing up and i was a student athlete and that's hard in itself but now imagine you have to do school as well. You don't really have to do school, but you have to do school because that's part of the contract for Disney, I think, I believe. You have to do school. You're doing press release. 
most of these guys on Disney at that time, because remember, there was a strong demand. The market was high. They were, like social media, because this is weird, because Nickelodeon kind of tapped into the social media aspect before it even happened. That's why iCarly is such a prophetic show. And then number two, they also had like these online forums for Disney, for Nickelodeon that Dan Schneider made up. So they tapped into that earlier than Disney did. But what Disney and these guys do, especially Disney, you are going to be doing more than one thing, especially if you are like the major stars, like I mentioned, like Miley and Raven and um, and Demi, because she struggled with bulimia, I think it was. And with Raven and Molly and Demi, who are like, because there's the regular stars, like the co-stars and all that stuff. So you'll see your, your Kyle's, Kyle Massey's, your um, your Brenda songs. Like they're really popular, but they're stepped down for like the mega stars, like uh, the Joe Bros, your Vanessa Hudgens, your uh, Zac Efron. But you're doing more than one thing. Like Orlando and those guys, they were doing voiceovers for cartoons. They were in like the DCOMs. They were in uh, music videos. You have to do their Disney um, Channel Circle of Stars as well. So they're you have to do like albums. You have to do the press. You have to go to radio shows. You have to do vignettes and all that stuff. There's a lot of stuff that these kids have to do that most adults could not do because the demand was so high for these people. So imagine all that stress you have to deal with, all the rumors and the tabloids you have to deal with at a young age, like some people mishandling you and um, abusing you. That could be a, a thing that happens, and it probably more – it's not even probably – it happened, all right, because so, a lot of these guys are coming forward now. And – because you have to have a clean image, you have to bottle all that stuff inside. You have to keep all that stuff inside while you're still developing as a human being. And then you wonder why they have outbursts when they're in their 20s or they break down because that's not healthy. These are the formative years. Ask any psychologist. Man, ask anybody who's in school right now studying psychology. Those are your formative years of your life. Trying to become a person. Look at all the theories that are out there. And these people have to do all of that at the age of like 13 years old. And a lot of them, like if you notice, a lot of the mega stars. Like your Selena Gomez's, your Zendaya's, most of them leave early. Like they don't have long careers there. They try to get out as fast as they can. Where like the co-stars or like I don't want to say lower tier, but like the least, the less popular ones. Some of them have a longer career with them. So we're going to take a quick break and then I'll come right back and finish this all up. Yes, we are still talking about childhood actors and superstars. Is it okay? Is Hollywood safe for your child? 
Now, all these people, like, I give them the most respect because they had to endure a lot at a young age because you're exposed to Hollywood at a young age. And especially in my era where it was, like, the most popular because it was almost his own thing. It was his own thing, actually, because it's just like how I said these kids are looking up to Jake Paul now and um, Charlie D'Amelio from TikTok, and they're looking up to all these different YouTubers and TikTokers. I'm not going to mention all of them because most of you guys don't even know who they are, but I know who they are. But, yo, they're dealing, and I think with these guys is different because now you have to create the content for the Instagram or the internet sensations that are on the internet today. It's a little bit different, whereas like you have more control and more reign, but now you have to come up with the content and it could be stressful in that area as well. Cause now it's like, you have to pump it out like a machine because Disney already has writers. They have producers. They have all these different people doing the work. The, the kids just have to show up and do it. But now you have to create it. But here's the thing. You have more control on your hours. So it has its pros and it has its cons. I would say that era gave us probably the most stars that you've ever seen in your life within the golden age of Disney. Like you have your Shia LaBeoufs now. You have your Zac Efron's. There's certain stars that didn't translate over as well like Ali and AJ's music career didn't translate over as well as it I thought it should have because they have bops for days but I think Ali's still acting right now I'm not sure about no AJ's still acting as well but it's just interesting to see these people grow up I think the easier it would be is when you're a little bit older for example um jason earls from hannah montana like he was a lot older when he got on the show and it i think he was in his late teens early 20s and if i were to get into that which i don't want to that this would be the time for me to do it i would rather do it now and just play younger than i would if i was young younger and then growing up in it there's very few people who come out all right as far as you know like brenda song turned out pretty well zendaya turned out pretty well selena gomez you don't really hear too much her it's just like petty drama that you hear you don't really hear anything negative from her in the spotlight like the sprouse bros got into some controversy but you didn't really hear that much from them after a while but it's funny because those some of the people that i mentioned with the spouse bros they have kind of like a negative view on disney because they didn't give them a lot of creative control and they had some great ideas because a lot of them are writing and producing now and you can see that disney should have banked on them in that regard but they were a powerhouse and you notice that with the Toll Twins, because, like, T and Tamara were a set. The Olsen Twins were a set. So, like, the twin magic stuff actually is a thing. Like, it worked. 
But growing up, seeing all these people that you wish you had their lives and then you see what happens, especially with Amanda Bynes, because I was pretty young when she had her um out, outburst and stuff like that. And she was so cool growing up because I, lo- I loved her show. I liked her movies that she was in. I'm like, yo, that's so dope. Like, she gets to do all these things at a young age, but you don't understand the turmoil that these people are dealing with. And I just, it hurts, especially when you do more research of what happens, especially to the people that you don't hear about, who don't make it to the silver screen, who don't make it on the major cast of Disney or whatnot. But, yo, a lot of these people are dealing with a lot. And I think it started to die down around... Or, like, the demand for it started to die down, I want to say, right around the early 2010s. So, the last time I heard, well, because that's what I'm saying, because my generation was kind of phasing out, and then the new one was coming up, and the new one coming up did watch TV, but they didn't really care about TV as much. They usually cared about more of the YouTubers. And like I said, nowadays, definitely the TikTokers. And I give the TikTokers all the credit they deserve. I don't shame them because I don't know. I used to create TikToks and it can be demanding because a lot of them are posting like seven or 10 videos a day. And yeah, it just looks like dancing, but bro, the amount of times you have to redo it Cause I didn't do the dancing part. I did commentary. It's not easy. Okay. Let's not discredit people's um careers like that. Obviously there are harder careers. I'm not going to say that, but yo, it's, you have to pump it out like a machine, like almost every day. But going back to what I was saying, like around the tail end of it, I want to say 2012 to 2015. That's when I noticed the decline. So the shows that were out at that time, all Austin and Ally, Victorious was still doing numbers on Victorious Big Time Rush, and I'm forgetting one more uh, of their show. Oh, Sam and Cat was a, probably the last era of my era per se. Like, Good luck, Charlie. As I mentioned, didn't watch Dog with a Blog. Would never watch that ever. Terrible show. Sorry for whoever made that, but yeah, that was disgusting. I'm sorry. Um, there was that, and there was also a few more. Live and Maddie was pretty much the, the last show I watched on Family was Live and Maddie with Dove Cameron, and that was about it. And the last decom, and if you don't want Disney. Where the DCOM is is basically just like a Disney movie. So it's a Disney, it's an acronym for Disney Channel Original Movie. And the last one I watched was The Descendants, the first one. Oh, and I also watched Jesse as well with a uh, what's the girl's name again? Um, Debbie Ryan. I watched that. As well, so they had a whole crossover episodes, and the first person to do that 
was the crossover episode was between Hannah Montana, That's So Raven, and Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. And that's because they were all owned by the same pro- or the same production company wrote for them. And I think his name is Danny Danny K. And he also wrote for Smart Guy as well. So like he's been doing numbers. Like he's sick. I think he still produces for Disney as well, but I don't follow up. Like I haven't watched Disney since 2015. So like Living Maddie was the last one. And I noticed that like some kids younger than me were watching it, but they didn't really care about it that much. And if you talk to most kids today, they just I hear them talking about like internet stars more so than um the traditional TV star. And is this a better alternative for children to get on? Like your JoJo Siwas and all those the young young cats out there like Charlie and Dixie and all those girls and stuff like that. Is it a better alternative or is it worse? That's the question. Because now with the internet, there's more transparency than ever before. You can see more behind the scenes that you than you ever will see. Because now it's all up to the creator to post it out. Right? So is it safer for these young women and young men to be internet stars rather than your traditional Hollywood, Disney, Nickelodeon stars? Now, am I opposed to child acting? No, I'm not. Am I opposed to children content creating? No, I'm not. But what I will say is that parents watch over your kids like your life depended on it. Watch over your kid like or your kids like your life depends on it because it does depend on it. They're you're responsible for them. You if they want to get into acting, you better be in it a thousand percent if they're in it a hundred percent because you are responsible for them not the agent they can just get the jobs they can get the gigs they can get the auditions but you are responsible for these kids because you've seen it unfold before your very eyes all these stars that you've seen going up even before my time with macaulay Culkin. and i would say it would be worse for him because he was on a higher level because at least at least with like Disney and Nickelodeon, they kind of protected their stars in a sense, meaning that like they didn't really get like while they were on their programming and were working with their company, they didn't really explode to the mainstream as high as Macaulay, uh, Macaulay did because Macaulay, bro, he's like a kid getting his own feature film with a Home Alone. So he's doing like videos with Michael Jackson. So like he was, like I said, I put him in the same category as like the Shirley Temples. So they they were like pretty much kid icons at that point, a time like him, Jaleel White, like who played um Urkel on Family Matters in like the '90s when they had their stars. Uh, it was 
you could see those guys are really, really like popular, like A list celebrities. Not to say that the childhood stars of my era weren't A listers, but they kind of looked or weren't looked or weren't taken as serious in comparison to that time period because of the networking and who they were working for and their audience, right? So the parents would be like, oh, okay. Like they're, they're talented, da, da, da. I like them, da, 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 da. but they're like, oh, that's this kid from Disney, like a Disney star, da, 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 a Nickelodeon star. Da, da, da. They weren't looked, unless if, there's few exceptions to the rules, like, because I, like I said, I talked about the schedule. Like basically, Miley Cyrus went on tour as another person. So just take that into consideration. However, what I will say is like, as far as like being in the same conversation as a Beyonce, like Raven would probably be the closest example, not her music because it just didn't cross over as well as, as it should have, but traditional Hollywood didn't really take them as serious because of the work they were doing. Whereas like Macaulay and Jaleel, even though they did some kids shows here and there, they were doing like major production um, or major budget production work in traditional Hollywood per se, because even though Disney and Nickelodeon it was traditional in a sense, they just weren't taken as serious. And you you can go listen to all these interviews from these stars, and they said, and I, as I mentioned before in the last segment, it was tough to cross over for them because a lot of the production companies just looked at their work. That's what happened to. Uh, what's her name? Hillary Duff. And I didn't mention her all episode, but she, like, if you look at most of her roles, it's usually all the same similar roles based off Lizzie McGuire until she broke out of it. So it was a long time for her to do that. It took a long time for her to do that. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Took a lot of work. A lot of this is in my memories in my hippocampus because I just I'm infatuated with this type of stuff because we gotta protect children at all costs. Like, like the Bible says, children are a heritage unto the Lord. All right, so He loves children, and He goes to the extent it says it's better for a millstone to be tied around your neck and be cast into the sea than you to hurt one of these little ones. So He takes children so much serious because that's the apple of his eye he loves children he said suffer the little children unto me and forbid them not all right so i wrote this or made this episode because i was inspired by all these other content creators on youtube doing something similar to that but one thing i did differently than them is i applied scripture and the bible to it because this is a christian perspective but we gotta when it comes to this content stuff when it comes to celebrity for first of all being a celebrity is overrated i wouldn't really want to be one anyways does not like i wanted to be one and this is coming from a guy who really wanted to be one growing up but now that i'm looking to the more i look into it is not for me. I'm going to just stick to content creation, right? And if, like, I get a lot of views on it, that's fine. If I don't, that's fine. Because, you know, like, my podcast, 
it's not getting as much as many views as one would want but i'm still doing it anyways because i just love talking and explaining and teaching and stuff like that so it's just interesting to see all this stuff hopefully i didn't bog you down i know it was more of a serious tone because i had to i didn't want to make light of the situation and i did throw in a couple jokes here or there just to ease the pain a little bit but i didn't want to uh, make it jovial because it's not a serious it's a serious situation i didn't want to be too jubilant in that regard but hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode if you did make sure you share because it shows Didi that you in fact care about the show as well as make sure you hit me up if you have any questions comments or concerns on instagram underscore dd the swapk 15 your boy isn't there man also check me out on instagram again so i'm suave food if you're interested into food if you're interested into uh fashion and youtube and all that stuff you want to see what the boy looks like hit me up on youtube and with that said this is your boy there's d signing off once again so just chill just chill till the next episode because your boy dd is definitely out of here y'all stay Suave.